Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. On today's episode, we get to hear a great conversation between Rory and Mike Bray. You may remember Mike from the last episode. And some of his techniques and ideas about coaching can uh, really help your organization and help uh, the potential of your employees. So let's take a listen to Rory and Mike Bray. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I am great, Rory. Thank you. It's great to have you on, my friend. Today, uh, folks, we're talking to Mike Bray. He is the president of Accelerate. It is a consulting and management firm in Kansas City. Mike's previous experience, he was 30 years with Sprint, and he used the McGregor model, a kind of a coaching model, to significantly improve his success. We're also going to talk about today how he mentored and helped other people grow, because I think that's the, the key measure of a leader is not how many followers you how many followers you create, but how many leaders you create. So, Mike, um, can you tell us a little bit about um, uh, your success stories. Obviously, when you're coaching and mentoring folks, um, the key is to create some success stories, and, and you've got one of those for us today. You know, I did, Rory. I had several success stories, but uh, the one that I remember the most is an individual that worked with me back in the 2005-06 time frame. Um, and, and since then, he, he, uh, he had uh, been promoted after I began working with him, but um, you know, whenever I, I had uh, been given the responsibility for a new organization, and uh, this individual, uh, Lonnie Johnston is his name, was uh, part of that organization when I uh, when I was given the, the responsibility. And he, he uh, it was interesting because I always provide the McGregor article to uh, my subordinates when I uh, take over an organization because I want them to, to understand who I am and, and how I manage. And the best way to convey that is to provide them the article and ask them to read it. And then we talk about what what that means and what, what changes they're going to see in, um, in, in management. Uh, and if I can just interject here real quick, uh, Mike, uh, for the folks that are listening, if you didn't get the McGregor article, it's actually on the reference to the first, uh, the two prior episodes. You've got the link right there on the two prior episodes to to uh, to link in and, and read the McGregor article, and, and it's basically a coaching model where you're asking questions and not giving folks the answers, and uh, and that was the key, one of the keys to your success. So, um, uh, so I didn't mean to interrupt, but I wanted to get that for the listeners because they might want to say, well, where do we get the McGregor article? You, you can find it on this link. We'll also have the link on on this podcast too. But uh, so you, you've got your managers, you give them the, the McGregor article. How did Lonnie adopt this? Did he grab it right away, or did he struggle with it, like like you t- you'd mentioned in the last podcast? You know, he he did. He he grabbed it right away and ran with it. He understood it. It was intuitive to him. He loved it, and so I didn't have to convince Lonnie to to um, begin implementing the method and and trusting me for that matter. I think he believed that that uh, I truly was a McGregor and that uh, I really wanted to to use the the approach in managing the organization. So he became uh, a partner in arms, if you will, in adopting the method and, and sharing it and, and uh, became a disciple pretty quickly. So that was wonderful. It was a, it was a great thing to see and, and not all that usual. I mean, I, I think that for the most part, people have to be convinced, like I was. I, it took me a while to, to really 
embrace the concepts and, uh, and, and implement them. No, that's not to say that Lonnie didn't struggle with the implementation because it is a change in, in, in the approach that most managers use. Uh, so it took him some time to, to uh, implement the, the methodology. Uh, mm-hmm. But the fact that he embraced it right away was, was really cool. And, uh, and then he took off. And, and I would say that his progression was much quicker than, than others who uh, adopted the policy as well. So um, Lonnie, Lonnie was successful. And he, he uh, within a, a year or two, he got promoted. Um, to a director role and, and, and was given additional responsibilities as part of that. And he began sharing the approach with others in, in his organizations. Uh, eventually, he left the company and went to work for uh, a company in Dallas, a software company, and uh, was successful there, became vice president. Um, he had a, a variety of roles there, but one of his most significant success stories was uh, taking a division of the company that was struggling. I think the, company, the division had uh, like three, three or so four million dollars in revenue, and he, uh, with the help of his team, and again he, like me, he was able to attract talent um, to to the the team that he was managing because he was a McGregor, um, and he was able to attract some good sales talent and good marketing talent and development talent. Uh, and with that talent that he had, uh, the team that he created and pulled together, he was able to grow that organization from $3 million in revenue, uh, and, and I think it was unprofitable at the time, to over $30 million in revenue in, in like 18 months, and very wow. profitable. So a huge success story for him, and he's, um, he's very proud of that, of course, and he's, uh, he just really um, enjoyed it. And he, he has a great relationship with the individuals. Uh, I think he's moved on to a different position now in the company. But um, he has a great relationship with the individuals that are part of the team, some of, some of which have moved on to other companies and gotten promoted. Um, so not everybody always stays with the same company. They move on. They, they've all moved up as well. And um, some of these other individuals you mentioned, are one of them's in, in Boston now and is, a, is an executive there. And so he has seen um, you know, these individuals that he's worked with grow, like I've seen individuals uh, like him grow as well, so it's uh, it's an exciting thing to um, to experience. And that's the great thing about coaching is you get to help people build their careers, and you get to see that career build. Uh, I just, for me, that's what geeks me up about this process to see people progress. Um, as a speaker, I was you know for years you know go in and do the one deal, one day deal, and leave and wonder did I have any impact. And now that I've worked with clients uh, teaching organizations how to coach their employees. You see that development, and, and I can just tell the pride that you have in helping Lonnie improve his skill sets, and I just love that, you know, 10x change, you know, 10 times the improvement in the organization uh, from when he came there, and his coaching skills, his McGregor uh, methodology of asking questions and involving people and getting greater buy-in uh, was remarkable. So, but but did you have some ways that, you know, people are asking me, how did you do it? You know, what are some what are some of the keys to the methodology of doing this? So you had the success story. How did you convey the ideas to, to Lonnie? Obviously embraced it, but you probably had some methodologies or, or steps that you followed. What did you do there, Mike? Yeah, so if you were to Google this, there's a, a leader point uh, article out on the, on the web, um, and it's, a, it's entitled Management Matters. And I, th- I believe the article was published back in the mid-2000s, maybe, maybe 2007 or eight. 
And uh, it, it references the McGregor model. It also references uh, a book by Gary Hamill called The Future of Management. And while Gary doesn't specifically discuss McGregor, the concepts that he he, uh, he mentions in the uh, the future of management uh, is all about McGregor, and so you, there's a there's a correlation there, and that's what this leader point uh, management matters article mentions. And they mention there's really four principles to the McGregor approach. One is accountability. Uh, the second one is peer support. The third one is feedback on results, and the fourth is planning is the manager's job. So when you think about McGregor and and the approach that um, that he implemented at, at the oil refinery that he worked at as a as a um, refinery manager, he implemented all four of those principles. And, and if you could just because I was trying to write them down, I wasn't able to get them all down. So the four of them are accountability and peer support. But what are the other two? The other two are feedback on results. And planning is the manager's job. And so, if you if you don't mind, I can explain a little bit about what, what each one of those means. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, accountability is is giving your team the they they have to have the authority, and they, you have to quote empower them. Uh, I know empowerment is often an overused term, but but you do need to empower them to make decisions and give give them the autonomy. To have the freedom to uh, to make decisions and and and, and figure out problems um, and, and make get results. So, but you also have to hold them accountable. In other words, they have to get results. And so, if they continue to to flounder or or they don't get results, then it's not going to work. So, accountability is key. And the approach they used in 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 adopting the Thursday meeting approach. So, McGregor had this. Meeting at once a week where he'd pull everyone together. He called it a staff meeting. He called it a Thursday meeting. It was more, much more than a typical staff meeting because it was very rigorous. And in that, uh, that meeting, he would hold his team members accountable to results. And so that's why accountability is so key. Peer support is the second principle. And let's, and, before you go into peer support, if I can, I don't, I'm, you know, want to jump in here just real quick. On the accountability, the reason this model works is a lot of managers don't hold people accountable. I want to get your thoughts on this. A lot of managers don't hold people accountable because it's so difficult to have the conversation when they, when they have to do the old shoulda, woulda, coulda coaching model where they, you should do this, you could do that, why don't you do this? By asking questions that are, you know, non-judgmental, but give me more feedback and then truly having the heart of helping them to grow, uh, I think that's the key to to being able to hold people accountable. Don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yes. You know that that, and so when when you you had some you know your accountability meetings with your folks, what were some of the questions that you would ask uh, in that discussion? Maybe even an example or two that you had with Lonnie. What were some of the questions you would ask to get that to get that conversation going? Well, I think it, it ties back to the Thursday meeting that uh, the McGregor um, mentions in the article. In that meeting, you have to have good metrics in place. So key performance indicators have to be in place before you can implement the McGregor method. So you have to be able to discuss what are the key uh, indicators of how the business is doing, and those have to be reported on a timely and, and continuous basis. And so the person who runs the Thursday meeting, the delegate that you have running those meetings, brings those um, metrics forward in each meeting. And you use those metrics 
as a to to initiate the discussion on how the business is going and what's what's going right and what's not going right and what are we doing to improve the business or make the results. So once you have those metrics in place, and that's principle number three, feedback on on results. Um, the critical part is that you ask questions. You start asking questions about why the metrics are or are not where they need to be, and and it, it has to be both. It can't just be let's discuss the, discuss the metrics that are not we're not achieving our results on and discuss the, the negative news. You want to discuss the positive news as well. What's going well? So why did we uh, overachieve on one of the metrics and and um, yes, I knock the ball out of the park because you you want to understand what went well and how you can replicate that in other areas of business. So that is the key aspect of, of holding people accountable is having a metric system in place, key performance indicators, reporting on those key performance indicators on a continuous basis, and then starting the questions by asking about how we're doing on those key performance indicators. And then those answers that you'll get in response to those questions will start the conversation and eventually lead to, in those cases where things need to improve, What's the root cause of why things are not where they need to be, and what are we as a team going to do, and, and you as the individual to lead that effort going to do because you're responsible for that metric? What are you going to do to uh, to make the uh, the changes necessary to improve the metric? So we were talking about uh, accountability and asking the questions. So can you say tell us a little bit about the uh, the peer support? Uh, how to make that? How do you how do you make that work? Uh, so you're asking questions, and how do the questions lead into peer support? Well, inevitably, people cannot solve problems by themselves. Uh, most most processes are complex. You have, you know, for lack of better words, customers and suppliers to that process. Um, individuals are responsible for processes, and but only portions of them. And there are people that are providing information to that process and, and, and results to the process. And then you're providing results to others on the, that are customers of yours in your process. So you think about a process being a flow. And so inevitably, you can't solve problems by yourself. There's always somebody else that needs to be involved, either a supplier of information or results, or you are in turn supplying others information or results uh, as a supplier to them. So that requires, in order to solve problems, you need to, you need to engage peers those people that are customers and suppliers of your process and things that you own. So uh, what McGregor saw is that initially his, his direct reports would come to him and say, I'm having a problem and I need, I need an answer. And he would originally solve the problems for him because he knew he was experienced. He knew the process. He knew what his, his team needed to do and he'd tell them what to do. Um, but he wasn't always available because he was working with others or, um, or things were, were just not moving as quickly as they needed to and things were being delayed because he had to be involved in every decision, every every change that needed to be made in the, the business. And so he called himself a bottleneck. He was a bottleneck. And so he wanted to remove himself as a bottleneck in the process as an improvement of the business. In order to do that, he would delegate um, the responsibilities to solving the problems to his subordinates. Uh, they would have to engage the peers, not him, Instead of saying, hey, let's pull your team together and, or your peers together and I'll, I'll sit in the meeting and help you solve the problem. And let's set up the meeting and maybe a week away or whatever. He would say, look, you get together with your peers and you solve this problem. And then I'll just do whatever I can do to, um, to help you guys achieve your results. So it was the culture of 
of him saying, I'm not going to lead an effort and pull the team together to solve the problems. I'm going to ask you to do it. And then you come back to me on a weekly basis and tell me what you've done as a team to, uh, to improve the business. And that's what the Thursday meetings came down to. So peer support was absolutely mandatory for the success of this model. You have to have the support of your peers, and um, and that's how you describe it. Yeah, a- absolutely excellent. And that way they got feedback on, on the results, and it helped with the uh, the planning of the process too. So all of those Thursday meetings lead into all four points, accountability, peer support, feedback on results, and then, then planning uh, is management's you know, most important tool or most important process. So um, I love those ideas and thoughts. And so when you started, uh, I want to ask you, you know, of all the tools that you've learned in your career, because uh, you went from managing a, a team of eight or so at Sprint to literally uh, thousands of people that were on your team, what was probably the most important tool that helped you uh, have that kind of trajectory in your career? Well, I'll tell you, it really was the McGregor methodology. Um, receiving that article um, years ago and, and being required to really adopt the, the the approach that McGregor had used in his refinery uh, organization was was a, a turning point in my career. And I, I, like a lot of people, I have read you know several management books. I've, I've gone through continuous training. Um, you know, I, you know, I've done a lot of things to improve my knowledge on how to manage people, but nothing had the impact in my uh, in my career that McGregor did. I mean, it was just amazing, and it's so such a simple. It seems so simple because it's just an article, and you think, wow, it's not a book. There's not there's not a a lot of things that you need to do as an individual steps that you need to take in order to implement McGregor. It's, it's a cultural change, and it's a psychological change. It needs to take place with you and your team uh, in the culture of the company, if you will, or the organization that you manage. Um, but there, it, isn't, uh, it isn't a huge book that you have to read and, and learn uh, different approaches. So it was, uh, you know, by far the most meaningful um, uh, item that came to my attention and, and was, uh, you know, the most successful thing I could, could use uh, in, in improving my career and my management style. So it's really a high-leverage idea, uh, and, and really the concept of McGregor, for folks who are not familiar with it, it really is a, a coaching model. It's rather than telling folks how to do the job, it's asking them, you know, what would you do? How would you handle it? This is your, you know, really it's the old, uh, this is your monkey. You've got to feed and care for it and take care of it. This is this is your problem. And so um, uh, that's, that's the key to the process, I think, is, is – um, those, you know, McGregor asked his employees questions. He didn't use command and control. And by asking questions, getting them involved, it led to literally, uh, you know, for you, you know, a, a 10x change in your career. You went from managing eight folks to literally thousands because of, of this tool. And as you mentioned with Lonnie Johnston, it was a 10x change in his organization where he went to, to a new organization, went in there, and significantly improved sales. And it's because you involve your employees, you get them engaged, you they are part of the team, they're part of the solution rather than part of the problem, and uh, you're getting you're getting their their highest level performance. There's the there's the formula that 
that John Whitmore uh, uses, and it's basically uh, performance equals potential minus interference. And interference is all those things where people don't feel involved or engaged. And with this process, with the McGregor process and asking questions and coaching, you get people engaged and you get them involved. And and that's what you saw over time was that involvement uh, is what I'm hearing you, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And because the, the leader is not directly involved in in the day-to-day tactics of the business, they have more time to plan and mm. think about the future of the organization. And that was the fourth point that I mentioned is planning is the manager's job. Um, and and so having having the ability to delegate and hold your team accountable and them solve the problems freed up McGregor's time, in my, in my case, my time, in Lonnie's case, his time, to uh, to plan. So he he uh, he planned the how, how he organized the people. He monitored and provided feedback, and he developed the people, and that enabled him to be more strategic about how he managed the organization and thinking about the future. Yeah, which leads into a very important point. I've got a CEO, and when we when I taught her and her entire t- uh, team how to coach, and uh, she saw significant improvement in her organization. Matter of fact. It's a financial institution, and they actually increase their margins, which is incredibly rare for financial institutions to increase their margins. And, and she said one of the keys to that um, of being more successful is she would tell her employees, "Bring me a CEO level problem. Uh, don't bring me a you know a, a branch manager problem. Don't bring me a VP. I'm a CEO. Bring me a CEO problem." And so when they would bring her a problem, she would ask them, "If you thought about this, thought about this, thought about this, thought about this." And they'd have to go back and research that. And so now they know when they go to her that, guess what, they know she's going to ask these questions and have those prepared. So when they're meeting, when they're meeting now it's a really high-leverage meeting. They've done the research. They know the kinds of questions she's going to ask. And so she's getting better results out of them, and therefore the, the organization's getting better, better results overall. And that's incredibly powerful uh, to see that. It, I, I, you know, the coaching, the McGregor article, the McGregor concept – it is such a high leverage activity, and um, it just changes the whole organization. And that's really what you're talking about, Lonnie Johnston. Uh, you helped him do that, but it also helped your career and how it uh, changed your career and Lonnie's career significantly. Because just this simple idea of of going from a command and control approach to uh, a coaching approach. And the other thing that the other CEO told me was, she says, "Only do what only you can do," and. Uh, I, I just think that's so important for leaders is there are certain things that only you can do and you've got to focus your time on those and not do an administrative task that are important, but you can certainly have someone do those for you. And I think that's probably the key learning point of this process. So um, any closing thoughts before we wrap up, Mike? I mean, just really great ideas. I, it just geeks me up to see managers who help grow other folks, and you've done that. So any closing thoughts on, on any of the ideas you shared today? You know, um, you know, you and I discussed offline. Are there certain steps that a person should take in order to mm-hmm. adopt the McGregor methodology? Right. I thought about that. And, you know, there's there's really nothing out there that I've, I've done some research on the web to see if there's any kind of you know number of step process or whatever, and I couldn't find any. So I created an approach, and it's not it's not perfect, but basically, number one, you have to read the article at least two okay. times, um, and then you, as part of that, you have to commit to the McGregor management model. So read the article, commit to the model, and once you do that, you're, you're, you're started. Um, then you may, you want to make sure also that meaningful metrics are in place because if you don't have your key performance indicators in place that monitors your business, you, you can't implement it. 
So, and, and a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't have the key performance indicators that they need to have in place. And so you have to take the time to make sure that you get those in place before you adopt the method. Because if you don't have met- metrics in place, you really can't hold your team accountable or you can't really monitor the, the success of the processes. So, um, and then once you get the metrics in place, then you request the support of your, your management team, your subordinates, and make sure they understand the four principles that we talked about and how we're going to, to run this business, if you will. Um, so the next step is to identify the Thursday person. So that person needs to be an individual who you see as, as being the next great leader of the organization. They're the ones that are most ready to, to make a step forward and get promoted, uh, whether it's within your organization or outside of your organization, because they're the ones that are basically the person in charge of pulling everyone together and making sure that they get their jobs done. Um, and, and they're a peer of the, of the individuals that work with you. So you want to take your, your, your most prominent leader, the one that's most ready to, to make the next step um, and get in a promotion-type environment and uh, make them the Thursday person, if you will. And, again, there's no, there's no logic to why it's Thursday. That's just what McGregor used. It could be a Monday meeting. It could be a Tuesday meeting. But generally, it needs to be a weekly meeting. It needs to be a weekly cadence uh, where you review the metrics. You have the Thursday per- person gathering the information from the team, uh, making sure they're prepared to come in and make the meeting a very um, beneficial meeting and very fruitful meeting. Um, and then once you have that in place, you begin the reporting process, you begin the meetings, you, uh, you improve the processes, you hold each other accountable, and uh, and things will begin to improve. And then it just becomes a, a culture of, of continuous improvement. Um, you report, you improve, or excuse me, you delegate, you report, you collaborate, and then you improve, and then you develop each other. So it's a, it's almost a circular equation where you do these this uh, culture of, of continuous improvement. So it becomes almost a continuous improvement model that you implement, you've implemented, and um, success will come from that. That's fascinating. Do you mind repeating that again? That's just a, such a powerful idea. Okay. So you mean the continuous improvement piece? Yeah, just that, you know, kind of like uh, where you bring them together, you ask them the questions, where are we at, look at the matrices, you know, that last part that you mentioned right there. Yeah, so um, you delegate, so you make sure that people, you've delegated the responsibilities and everybody understands who's doing what in the organization and who's responsible for what metrics and what part of the process is. You uh, report on a weekly basis on how those those processes are performing, so those individuals come forth and talk about their piece of the business and how they're doing and how the metrics are are um, are uh, you know, being are being met or not met, and then they collaborate. So the, the principle behind collaboration is they're collaborating as peers on improving the process, and then as a result of that collaboration, reporting, and delegation, you'll see the improvement. So improve the process. So after you leave the meeting, you will have a commitment to make changes. Uh, to make improvements, and so that's improving the process. And then from that, you begin the process over and over again. It's a circular equation, if you will, and uh, through that, you will see development. You will see development of individuals as leaders, and you will see the processes develop over time and improve, and uh, you'll see more efficient. Um, your business will be much more efficient, so you'll see more profitability and you know, revenues will increase and so forth. Yeah, I just love the ideas of that, just that continuous improvement uh, process. And that's just the key of, of getting everyone together and 
And uh, the key of the manager is not command and control, but just ask questions. And that's the, that's the essence of their results. So I just want to congratulate you on your success and your career and how much it helped you, but also to congratulate you on helping Lonnie change uh, his life. And, and now he's gone elsewhere, gone to another company, had been incredibly successful there. And I think that's the real key of a, a successful leader is, you know, how many leaders did you create? And clearly you did that and you helped change, transform people's lives. I mean, obviously Lonnie was very motivated, very focused, hardworking, but these tools helped him um, get 10x changes in his organization, which was really a very, very powerful idea. And it changed his life and it's, he's helped change other people's lives. So, uh, Mike, I just want to say thank you for your time. Great information and great insights into how to be successful running a, a team and getting it all to be a high-performance team, and you did that. So thank you, Mike. Oh, you're welcome, Roy. It's a pleasure uh, sharing my uh, my experiences and sharing Lonnie's story. Um, I hope others can, can uh, implement their, their approach as well and be as successful as we were. Very good. Mike, can I say thank you enough? You bet. Have a great day. You bet. Thank you. Well, thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Roland. If you need to get a hold of Rory, he's at RoryRoland.com. He welcomes your feedback, and thanks for listening, folks. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Roland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production. Produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.